Last week, I introduced the sermon by talking about prairie sunflowers. So, I'm going to introduce today's sermon by talking about another member of God's creation, dogs. Now, we have a Great Dane as a pet who is called Mercy. Uh, this is one of the tallest dog breeds known in the world, and she has a definite height advantage uh, than most other dogs uh, when it comes to getting a scrap or two from the dinner table. Uh, when she sits next to the table, her head is above the table, and she's looking at the food, and of course she's look she looks at my wife, and then me in turn with her big, expressive brown eyes. She can, if we let her, which I don't, lick our face, it's like she is saying, here, let me get that for you. Even so, we are kind of surprised and maybe even scandalized by Jesus, who is referring to a Canaanite woman as a dog in today's gospel reading. Even if Jesus is using the term like, we might for a beloved pet, which he isn't, we are shocked by the impact of his language. But he's trying to get past his disciples' religious and societal barriers to showing love to the hated Canaanites and teach them and us an important lesson that we all need to keep learning. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon is taken from the gospel reading uh, for this morning. Matthew chapter 15. A woman's child is demon-possessed. She's suffering terribly. Her mother is desperate. The mother hears Jesus passing is passing nearby, and she goes to him, and she cries out for help. It's the cry of a mother who will do anything to save her child. But Jesus doesn't even answer her. His disciples treat her poorly. Verse 23, send her away. The mother is making so much noise, it's embarrassing. And she's getting on the disciples' nerves. And when Jesus does say something, he tells her he will only help the people of Israel. Not some foreigner like her. Silence, rejection, exclusion. Yet the woman doesn't give up. And now she kneels before Jesus and she begs. It's, it's really a heartbreaking scene. Surely Jesus will do something now. But no. He tells the woman it's not right to help her instead of the people of Israel. He even calls her a dog. But the woman presses on, asking for the crumbs that come from the table of a dog's master. Can people change? Can we turn away from hard-set uh, attitudes and learn something new? You know, that is the question that I'm asking you uh, that is the question I'm asking myself. I am ethnically German, though you might have looked at my last name, O-E-T-T-I-N-G, and thought maybe I was Irish. 
Oh, Edding. But no, German. And Germans aren't known for changing easily. Uh, we can be stubborn. And you don't have to be German to be stubborn. You know, we, we grow up um, in our family and uh, maybe you could even say in our tribe, quote unquote, and get set in our ways. So I'll ask again, can people change? And that is the question we can ask of the disciples. And they are part of the story as well. The disciples had been wondering why they were all the way up in Tyre and Sidon. They had called the people they saw along the roads dogs. You know, Jesus is not speaking what he really thinks of this woman in this exchange. He is repeating the words of his disciples after him, no doubt. And he is taking their comfortable attitudes to, uh, to an uncomfortable extreme to show them just how far afield they are. They have had the very gospel walking with them and they would have kept him for themselves and their own families, their tribe. Jesus, however, has come for the whole world. He's about to demonstrate to them that he's calling people to faith from every tribe and nation and people. We see a beautiful vision of this in Revelation 5, where we see people from every tribe, every language group, every nation and, and people. The law here is that they needed it, this, this uh, message, this encounter with uh, the woman, this Canaanite woman, we need it too. Like them, we have been immersed in God's word, but sometimes we have been very slow to learn and see what Jesus had in mind for us in Matthew 28. When he sent out his church, he sent out his church to make disciples of all nations. But eventually Jesus does get through to them. In fact, Isaiah had been speaking of this inclusion 800 years before Jesus was born, but they did not get it. And we have a hard time with this too. Would the disciples learn the lesson? How about us? Well, Jesus knows his disciples are, are foolish and stubborn. And so he brings them on, uh, you could say, an extended field trip today. He wants to blow up their world of comfortable Jewish prejudice to see even this Canaanite, this Canaanite, through the eyes of God. And the fact that the disciples are in this place is an example of Jesus' patient love for us. Because people can change. And Matthew brings a story to our attention because his views have changed. He was one of those disciples with Jesus on this extended field trip to Tyre and Sidon. Jesus really does change people. His presence, his love, his word, and spirit changes 
the hearts and minds of people like you and me. Yeah, even thick-headed Germans can learn something from Jesus. Uh, I found this uh, wonderful story from uh, a pastor friend in his devotion. He relates this story that he has this friend. Uh, he writes about his, his friend uh, who one morning, um, and I'll, let's just call him Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil's friend walked out uh, of his house with a cup of coffee in his hand. I've got my coffee cup here. And he stood on his front porch. You know, just drinking his cup of coffee. And immediately his ears were assaulted by a loud crashing sound. He looked up the street and he saw a young man driving what was clearly his father's or his grandfather's great boat of a car. It was a it was it was garbage day. <laughs> And the young man was having a riotously good time slamming into one big plastic rolling garbage tub after another as he made his way down the street. And they would bounce off that massive bumper, strewing the contents down the street. Now, my friend, uh, his friend, (laughs) recollected that not that many years before He might have done the same thing, and he sipped his coffee, and he calmly watched, and bang! Another tub filled with garbage succumbed to the bumper of the car. Now, Pastor Phil's friend did not rush out into the street to upbraid the young man or threaten to call his parents. He only watched because he knew something. He knew something the young man did not. The garbage cans in this community were huge. Their contents hoisted high and deposited into the truck uh, by an impressively large mechanical uh, claws. Now, the weekend prior, Pastor Phil's friend had helped his neighbor remodel a bathroom. And he knew that the can, just up from his own exposed garbage can, in fact, was filled with several hundred pounds of broken ceramic tile. Bang! Another victim of the car's bumper, and then the neighbor's can was next. Crunch! My friend, uh, this is Pastor Phil's friend, he, he looked over his cup of coffee, and he looked, and he watched the horror spread across the young man's face, The fender had a large crumple in it. The can had hardly moved. He took a sip of coffee, and he thought to himself, bet he never does that again. (laughs) Jesus had brought his disciples north, far outside Israel to the land of the hated Canaanites. He was looking for this woman. He knew she would come. The Canaanites had led the ancient Israelites into idolatry. And God, because of that idolatry, had sent those Israelites into exile. All good Jews hated the Canaanites. 
But Jesus loved them. And she cries loudly, following the master and his disciples. The disciples, repelled by this woman, ask Jesus to, to send her away. And he, he plays along with them for a moment, even calling her a dog. I can almost see them, you know, nodding in agreement. Oh, finally, finally, uh, they think the master is talking some sense. But all, of, all the while, he's setting up the impact, which will crush their bigotry. He is drawing out of her a statement of faith, which their own pious hearts cannot make. Lord, help me. That's her simple prayer. No, I, I didn't come here. Um, I just came here for the Israelites, the house of Israel. We don't even, you know, we don't give scrap. Uh, we don't give the food to the dogs. Yes, but even the dogs get the crumbs from their master's table. Woman, great is your faith. And Jesus only says those words to two people in the gospel, according to Matthew. The first is a Roman, Roman centurion in chapter 8. The second is this hated Canaanite. Both times Jesus is smashing the narrow and closed bigotry of religious people. You know, who are the people you imagine to be outside the kingdom of God? Is it perhaps the one who doesn't share your political views? Or perhaps uh, it's someone who has fallen morally or, you know, been naughty. Um, who is the stranger in our midst, in our community? Um, someone who has moved into the, the Sand Hills community? Um, someone who's been moved into the Sand Hills community five years ago? Ten years ago? Or when do they become insiders? Uh, you, you tell me, 20 years? 30 years? <laughs> who's the stranger in our midst? Is it the first-generation immigrant whose first language is not English? You know, look at them again. Look at them with Jesus' eyes, and he loves them just as, he, as much as he loves you. Jesus is strange in today's reading. You know, you and I... Uh, rather like our comfortable world, you know, of rural, small town sensibilities. We want to be safe. We live in a tidy neighborhood, associate with people we understand and have much in common with. It's all good. But Jesus, however, doesn't let you and me live there, just stay there. His love is broad and big, and he expands our world which can be painful at times. But it is good for you and me and his kingdom. So this sermon is called Lesson Learned. So let me bring this lesson home by asking you this question. Who are you in this story? The disciples? Oh, we need to be the woman who holds on to Jesus in humble faith. Why? Well, because did you notice who the enemy was in the story? 
It was Satan. It was a demonic possession. Verse 22, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. No way, no way the woman could do battle with that enemy, and neither can we. Lord, help me. Her prayer is simple and, and, and bold. Lord, help me. It's like the simple prayer of Peter, you know, who was sinking into the water last Sunday as we looked at that story, and his simple prayer was, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Only Jesus can defeat Satan. And that's precisely the supersized help that Jesus wants to give us in our lives. You know, no mere crumbs, right? But a supersized victory over the demonic realm. You know, traveling through Nebraska, traveling through Iowa, um, I happened to see a number of crosses um, and displayed near Effingham, Illinois, just off the intersection of Interstate Highways 57 and 70 stands a silver cross. You can't help but see it. It towers over the road to a height of 198 feet. It's been placed there to witness silently to all drivers what Jesus did for his disciples, for the Canaanite woman, for the lost sheep of Israel, for everyone even those of us who are unworthy of even a table scrap from Jesus. Only the cross for Jesus was a smaller wooden cross and, and at a place where he was treated with utter contempt. And in that battle with Satan, it appears Jesus was the loser. He dies. He is buried. But Jesus will not go down in defeat to satanic forces. No, he will rise again on Easter Sunday. And when Jesus gets rid of the demon and the woman's daughter, it's just a preview of our Lord getting rid of this enemy's power over our lives. When, when he rose from the dead, Jesus defeated all those forces of evil and he supersized all sorts of blessings for us. Forget about crumbs. Forget about leftovers and even table scraps. Instead, these blessings come from Jesus' table. Forgiveness. That's huge. Heaven, enormous. Salvation, tremendous. And all are supersized for us. The woman called Jesus Lord and humbly knelt before him. She knew who he knew who she was, and she knew what he could do for her. And she asked for a table scrap as a dog, but she replied. She receives a place at the table with supersized blessings for her and her daughter. Were they dogs in Jesus' eyes? No. In Jesus' eyes and acts, they were his father's precious children, and so are you. A lesson learned. We still, we can still learn more, and we're never done growing in the heart of Jesus. His heart is very large. And it has room for everyone, even the folks we find, you know, difficult. But he's always teaching his church this lesson, and he is here today teaching us today. And there are crumbs enough for everyone. And he's bringing all sorts of people to this holy mountain, more than those he has already gathered. Jesus prays for the conversion of the very, or Paul prays for the conversion of the very Jews who will accuse him. 
and eventually see him executed by the emperor. God is always teaching this lesson to his people, and we are always learning. And perhaps we need to see the love of God extending to the people outside our doors, and we need to remember that love extends to everyone inside these doors. Amen? Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.